Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podman, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Always great to be on here. Thank you so very much. Uh, Double Twist is another one, of course. And if you could not not stream the show, but just download it first. Download it. Don't stream it. That way it could be, uh, well, it looks better for potential customers in the future. Potential business ideas and operations. Beautiful day outside. Beautiful breeze going around. Hopefully it's a breeze, a uh, sign of good things and not bad things. We'll see what happens. Uh, well, other than that, uh, glad the Minnesota Vikings uh, showed up today. And Minnesota Vikings end up defeating the Detroit Lions 34-20. to that uh, fun game we got to see how good our offense was again you know it's just one of those days where you get to sit back relax and watch an, an offense work uh it's nice to see the defense was decent uh the detroit lions are back to being well a team that's not that great because it is what it is uh you know they <laughs> it's kind of like that every year they're the toronto blue jays of baseball or your toronto blue jays of football would be a better way to say where they start out all right like oh they're they might be okay this year. We'll see what happens. And then by like the middle of the year, it's like, oh, never mind. Forget about it. They're kind of like that every year. Uh, yeah, they're not bad. The defense is kind of yeah, stepping up a little bit. And then and then they're right back to reality again. That's just how it is. Matt Patricia maybe in his last year as the Detroit coach. Everson Griffin comes back to Minnesota after feeling slighted because Mike Zimmer just said, uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's a good player. That kind of thing. I know the feeling. I've been there and done that. Uh, people, you say things, they, they kind of downplay you, and it's kind of annoying. Maybe it shouldn't be so sensitive. Maybe it shouldn't bother you, but sometimes it does. Uh, but no, I'm just enjoying the scenery in the background, watching the now empty trees twisting in the wind and some beautiful uh, beautiful blue sky and some clouds and everything. I'm not going to congratulate anybody today. You can. Some of you may guess what I'm talking about. I'm not congratulating nobody. <laughs> Let's just leave that as is, and we'll see how things play out in the next few weeks. But uh, that's for another show, possibly, if I ever get my butt in gear. Freedom of Thought. Freedom of Thought is the podcast, if you're ever interested in it. And if you're not, that's okay, because you don't have to be. This is not a political show, but uh, that one is. <laughs> we'll see what happens in the future. Uh, we'll just uh, leave that as is. I'm sorry, I'm bouncing a little too much into things I shouldn't. Uh, entertaining football game, though. Nice to see uh, you have a Delvin Cook looking like Walter Payton again. Uh, numbers just continuing to be up in the moon. Did I mention that Delvin Cook is a three uh, two thousand yard type of running back? He legitimately is. He's a two thousand yard type of running back. If he could just stay bleeping healthy, you have on him. You have him on your fantasy team, and he has games like this. You're just like, all right, okay. I mean, he's. Top five in the in the entire fantasy football league, we'll call it. Top five, top three. He's got to be, like, almost number one maybe right now. Uh, what does he have? 12 touchdowns on the year. Two more today. Average of 9.4 a carry thanks to a 70-yard scamper, but he wasn't exactly bad before that either. Alexander Madison about six yards a carry. So it's just another one of those games where, you know, you just sit back and enjoy. And, well, Justin Jefferson did not reach the century mark today. Because he didn't have to, uh, but he still led the Vikings in yards and receptions and all that. Only three catches, tied with Kyle Rudolph, of all people. Did not get in the end zone. 64 yards, a 35-yard play, a 22-yard play earlier. Delvin Cook, also a 29-yard reception along the way. Just showing further and further proof that he is a more versatile running back than Adrian Peterson could ever hope to be. Adrian Peterson is the king of kings when it comes to uh, one-dimensional 
running backs just running the ball. That's it, just running the ball. Well, and fumbling, that's the other dimension he might have on occasion. He did make three catches today, though. Uh, <laughs> Daryl Bevel, yeah, who actually once coached Adrian Peterson, the offensive coordinator in the uh, great 2009 season, and before that, of course, his first few years in the league in Adrian's case. Daryl Bevel, obviously the offensive coordinator in the Brad Childress era, until he got fired in two, uh, after, uh, during 2010, after the Jacksonville Jaguars just embarrassed this Vikings team in the Metrodome, or Mall of America Field, or whatever the heck we call it. I think it was still the Metrodome, and it became Mall of America Field after the stadium collapsed later that season. I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, Dammy, Dammy, Dammy Anandola. No, I'm kidding. Danny Anandola. <laughs> Boy, he's a lucky guy. Seven catches for 77 yards. Lucky. And then 11. Creepy. That's actually kind of creepy. 11 yards of ca- uh, catch. But I suppose the math is very simple there. Seven catches and 77 yards. That's 11 yards on average. Uh, yeah. But um, very lucky numbers there. Uh, go uh, play a slot machine or something. I wouldn't know anything about that because I think that's a bunch of garbage. Adrian Peterson, 29 yards on the ground. Yeah. Well, it is what it is again. I mean, he he's going to play till he's... 40 or something, like he, he's going to be the Tom Brady of running backs, but unfortunately for him, no rings, and I don't know, unless he's the third running back for the Kansas City Chiefs or something, but I guess they've already done something like that with Le'Veon Bell, who's still got star potential, but um, ah, I think he's been poisoned a little too much with his ego, and uh, uh, a year and a half with the New York Jets will do that to you as well, where it, it just... It's just like you just can't play for some reason. <laughs> Matthew Stafford didn't look like he could play either. And Chase Daniel, who tore the Vikings up last year with the freaking Bears. That was some bull crap. He threw an interception that was pretty bad. Stafford just stunk. And, of course, he was uh, actually on COVID pro- uh, protocol and all that. That's becoming a familiar thing around my brother's family lately, which is really a, kind of becoming a pain. I finally, I finally met one person that has it. Let's just leave that where that is. One person. That's had it. I know some of you might know like 16 people that have had it. Who knows? Who knows? It's it's all, I mean, hey, as long as they get through it and, you know, that's what matters the most at the end of the day. I, I'm not going to get too uh, get too opinionated, I guess, about that right now. I'm going to be opinionated that Delvin Cook is the best running back in the league. And the fact that his versatility is just, his value is just off the charts. 46 yards. Again, a screenplay. That was really, really awesome. Uh, You got to see a screenplay to a guy named Amir Abdullah near the end of the first half. Final play of the first half. Well, final scoring play for the Vikings, anyway, at the end of the first half. Beautiful moment. uh, It was a situation where Vikings led by 10, and this was a position and a golden opportunity to put this Lions team in potentially on ice after they'd been on a bit of a run getting back in the game and such. Uh, you'd make a late score, you go up by 17 into the half, and it felt really good. And that's what it was. Uh, uh, kind of a close play, a screen play, 22 yards. Ended up uh, getting over just barely, and thankfully that play did stand. Amir Abdullah scoring a touchdown against his former club. Pretty cool, as we all do remember Amir Abdullah being a part of the running back by committee in Detroit, which has been the case pretty much since uh, Barry Sanders left. I mean, you've had guys like Kevin Jones. You've had, I mean, Kevin Jones. Like, who's that again? You've had Carry On Johnson not being able to carry on the load. Okay, sorry. Uh, DeAndre Swift's actually looking okay. And then you have the legendary, I guess you can call him legendary, when he doesn't fumble, Adrian Peterson. I know, it's just, I'm sorry. I'm bitter about it, okay? 
I'm bitter. He cost us multiple playoff games. Multiple. The second one wasn't all his fault, but he was one of the three deadly sins in that game. Three deadly sins in that game against the Seattle Sea Chickens. And then he fumbled like, you know, how many times again? Like three? He, I, I think he fumbled like five times against the Saints and officially lost three or something. And they credited one of them to Brett Favre, which is really nice. Yeah, it's Favre's fault. Yep, it's all Favre's fault on the goal line. No, I'm I'm not bitter about it, Adrian. Not even not even this much. But he's the fourth leading running back all time. God bless him, and we'll see what happens. I I, I don't know. <sighs> it helps when you're one dimensional, though, because that one dimension will put you. Uh, yeah, you can concentrate on that one dimension. And then, uh, well, <laughs> again. Walter Payton, greatest running back of all time or best running back ever. I forget what it is. I think it's greatest running back of all time is the name of the video. He doesn't just run the ball. He did a lot. He even threw for touchdown passes multiple times, not only receiving, making great plays like Delvin Cook does. He even threw for some, which is crazy. Adrian, I wish you were more multidimensional. I wish you'd hang on to the freaking football better because I'd have a lot stronger feeling about you on the positive side. I really would. I have nothing to say about his off-field activities. It's, you know, it's not my place at the end of the day. It's just not. Uh, it's really not, actually. And and, if, and you have a right to your opinion. If you want to be opinionated about it, it's okay. That's just uh, the way I stand on things. Boy, but this, this offense is awesome. The defense was solid, and you're seeing a guy named Jeff Gladney become better and better and better every week. I mean, there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers was patting him on the helmet and smiling. Because he's impressed. Aaron Rodgers likes Jeff Gladney. Uh, and Gladney seems like a cool guy out there. He's not a bleep talker. He's not. He's I, he. There's a reason why he got picked in the first round, and other guys didn't. Apparently, I mean, he's a damn good cornerback, and there's a lot of reason to be excited about him. He, he was one of the MVPs defensively in this game. Eric Kendricks is pretty much the best player on the defense every week, and he continued to be great. Eric Wilson, just what a game, hey? Eh? What a game! Thirteen tackles total, half a sack, eight solo, an interception. And that was the first interception out of three for the uh, Viking. Uh, well, two linebackers in a secondary. The Vikings defense. Pardon me. I'm just kind of all over the place. <laughs> they were in a they're in a sharing mood in today's game. By the way, Eric Wilson half a sack. Hercules Mata'afa half a sack. Armand Watts, who was really good today, half a sack. Shamar Stephen half a sack. So two sacks, and they were shared among four guys. But pretty cool. Troy Die another okay solid effort. DJ Wanham. Missed a sack by this much, whatever this much is. But Chris Boyd was challenged today, but he was okay. He, he deflected a pass, but obviously he was challenged uh, 11 total tackles, meaning the guy caught the ball. But he was solid, generally speaking. He he held his own out there. Janil, uh, Jill John, Jaleel Johnson had a big uh, tackle for loss in Adrian. That was pretty cool. That was exciting. But, uh, yeah, Harry, the hitman, interception, as PA calls him, Harrison Smith, I just call him usually his regular name, but Harry the Hitman's pretty cool. Eric Hendricks, interception, and a pass deflection. Yeah, that guy's unbelievable. And Eric Wilson, pass deflection. I mean, to me, Eric Hendricks is a first-team NFL All-Pro as a linebacker. He is just, uh, he's got to be the most underrated player in the league. Uh, top top five, maybe. I mean, he's, he's just that good. Jeff Gladney, though, has got to be one of the better rookies right now, and I'm very happy to have him. Very happy. And one thing I'm also happy about, did you notice I mentioned Chris Boyd's name? The guy who went down with no contact last week and was grabbing his knee and could not put any pressure on it when he was being helped up the field. Chris Boyd, there he was. There's Chris Boyd, 11 tackles and all that. Isn't that nice? 
Isn't that nice? I mean, that's 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 cool. I I feel very happy for him. I mean, it just reeked of ACL, but you never saw, you never really saw anything happen. The camera angles were just, I don't know. It seemed like last week, it was like a hundred different times. It was like, well, we didn't really see anything last week. I don't know. It was just bad luck or poor camera, whatever, uh, film filmography, uh, whatever it was. It just. I don't know. They just missed and missed and missed last week. I don't know what the hell. Or, again, just bad luck. But, hey, he's not out for the season. He wasn't even out for a game. He was out for half a game. I mean, good for you, Chris Boyd. Out for about a quarter, really. Good for him. And he had a good game. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other guy, Cameron Danster, did not play. Uh, it's officially a concussion, so I guess it's not a neck injury. That's good. Um, it must not have been the best concussion in the world because of how motionless he was. But it was the creepiest part of all was how stiff he was on the field. Like you're like you're 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 going to be on a stretcher and not moving at all. That kind of stiff before he was on the stretcher. That's what creeped me out a bit. Like holy crap! And it was the it was the initial impact was I guess worse than the whiplash. But man, a scary scary moment. Glad to see. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be okay. But you know, concussions are concussions. So. Hopefully that's uh, the last one he has for a very long time, if ever again. God willing. God willing. So, there it is. A nice, solid performance overall, though. I, I, I just got to keep saying that. Matt Prater, what happened? He, I mean, he's like the best kicker I've ever seen. Like 60 yards, Prater, right down the middle. I mean, he could have made it from 72, 78, whatever the hell. Right down the middle every time Matt Prater's like, oh, come on, 55 yards, boom. Nothing, it's just nothing to it. He's having his worst year of his life. He's, he's, he, what, what is he, like 69% for the year? And he missed a 45-yarder or something like that. I don't know, and it was a bad miss. But I guess he, at least he made his other two and he got his extra points and all that. Uh, five extra point attempts by Dan Bailey. Zero field goals and the extra point miss was not his fault. It was a low snap this week. Last week was a high snap and everything was okay. So Bailey, unfortunately, credited with a missed extra point, but not his fault. It was a cutting, unfortunately. Maybe he'll be getting cut at some point down the line, but uh, God bless him. Hopefully not. Too bad. Uh, Freaking shame. So special teams kind of it didn't have the best game ever. But I guess if you're gonna suck on special teams and get your punt blocked twice in a game, it might as well have been this one. When you're literally blowing out a team that's just kind of like I don't know if they're quitting on their coach or they just stink or it's just Detroit is plagued. They're like the New York Jets of the NFC, which they are, I guess. I, I guess they are. And the Jets are the Lions of the AFC, I guess they are. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. It's kind of like the Timberwolves, too. You just put the jersey on, you're talented, you get stats, but you just keep losing. And you just keep losing. And you get a new coach, you get a new GM, and it's a new era. You get the number one pick in the draft, and you just keep losing. And then you have a couple of good years, and then you suck again. That's kind of the Jets and the Lions and the Timberwolves also. We'll see if I ever do Timberwolves Explosion again. That's actually <laughs> that's actually a question mark. That's that's questionable. It's not probable. It's not for those of you that might be interested in that. Uh, we'll see. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna announce anything, but it's it's questionable right now. But usually I come around and feel better about things. But I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe it's just it's getting to be too much of a load and something's got to go. Yeah, it would be sad to see it go, but if it does, it does. I don't know why I'm talking about that right now. It just got brought up for some stinking reason. 
probably because I brought up the Timberwolves. Uh, Britton Colquitt, 52 yards on his punts, but got blocked twice. At least he didn't get any touchbacks because he doesn't know what a touchback is. He's that accurate of a punter. He just knows where to place the ball as good as anybody. And um, last year's the last year's offense was all right, obviously. Good. It was actually good. This year's is really good and really exciting, fun to watch. Obviously, last year's offense was good, yes. But it's nice to have a very competent punter when you need him. And he's, he's damn good. But punt block twice. I don't know. Uh, the blocking not good in front of Britton Colquitt. Just not a good day for special teams. Again, uh, Austin cutting low, high snap last week, low snap this week. Multiple punts blocked in the game. But I guess, again, if you're going to have multiple punts blocked in a game, might as well be this one. Might as well be this one. And this was after throw, this was after getting the, uh, I believe this is the Eric Wilson interception. We just gave it right back to him. Or was it the Kendricks? I don't remember. Damn it. I'm, I'm blanking on that one now. Because it's just, whatever it was, after we'd gotten the turnover, <laughs> we just give it right back by having a three and out and a blocked punt. Isn't that just great? But it happened again, though. Again, but luckily, luckily the Vikings uh, were fine at the end of the day, despite such awful special teams today. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it was it was something else. But no, very happy to see Madison also. 69 yards. Uh, and again, he was out there for a significant amount of time because, again, you don't want to overdo it with Delvin Cook. You just don't want to do that. You want to give him the... Like, have a pitch count without having a pitch count. That type of thing. I mean, you're up by a, a ton of... You're up by a ton. He's already got 200 bleeping yards. Don't overdo it. Just just don't overdo it. Is it is it really worth it? Do you really want to see him have some kind of freak ankle injury or something stupid? Just something awful, like his knee twist or something. And then, you, and then it's just a huge waste, and it's the saddest day ever. No, please don't get hurt, Delvin. Uh, and he didn't. Um, Alexander Madison, six yards on uh, a carry... 18-yard long. Again, Delvin Cook had a he's-loose moment against 70 yards. But even before that, he was spectacular. Just awesome throughout the game. I mean, to get 200 yards, that's still another 130 yards he had to get besides that 70-yard uh, explosion. And he had to earn the 70-yard explosion. It certainly helps, though, to have old Ham on Rye, though. DJ Ham is just an awesome, awesome fullback for Minnesota out of Duluth. Minnesota's own DJ Ham. I mean, uh, thank you so much. He's been, uh, He's just been unbelievable. He has just been Unbelievable for this franchise. Right when I gave Osborne a compliment, and I'm thinking, we're finally getting some good returning games. We're finally have a good return game. Finally, after like five years since uh, Mr. Patterson left. And uh, Cordero Patterson, of course. And then he starts making poor decisions, and he starts sucking. At least he didn't fumble the ball, but my goodness. I mean, he made, he's making some bad decisions out there after a nice 26-yard return. After that, it was just like yuck city. Dumb, dumb decisions where you could have been at the 25 and you wind up uh, not at the 25. Let's just leave it as is. Anything but the 25 is a failure, quite frankly, if you're a kick returner. And that sucks. Uh, just, I don't know, KJ. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> we love you. I love you, KJ, because I, I, I know it's there. But uh, shake some of that rookie nonsense out of there. That'd be great. Again, nice to see Chris Boyd out there playing. I, I'm very happy. Hopefully Dancer's back, and this Viking secondary is coming around. It's really coming around. I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm sure a lot of people were happy to not see Holden Hill out there. God bless him, but I mean, seriously, nothing exciting right there when it comes to old Holden Hill, old young Holden Hill. Nothing exciting at all at the end of the day. Uh, Detroit, we'll see what happens. I, I don't know. 
They, they do this every year where they start strong. I mean, they almost beat the Chiefs last year, and then they finished the season significantly worse. What were they, like 3-2 and two or something at that point? And then they lost to Kansas City by this much. And, yeah, man, unbelievable, isn't it? Crazy, crazy. That was after, I believe... No, I keep forgetting how early in the season that was. I think I think it was bef- it was either right before Patrick Mahomes got injured or right after Patrick Mahomes came back. Because uh, I know he was on the field. I, still, I can still see him throwing his arms in the, air, in the air when they scored a rushing touchdown very late in the game to put the Chiefs ahead. And uh, you got to see old uh, Patricia with that same, like, you've got to be kidding me look on his face. So, sorry, Matt. I, I um, that, That's got to suck. It's got to suck. Uh, I'm looking at next week's opponent, Chicago. Chicago Bears. The Bears and the Rhinos. Yep, there's no Rhinos, but there are Bears. And uh, they got beat by the Rhinos today, I guess. Because it's whoever... I guess the Rhinos would be the Buffalo Bills. And Good game for them today, eh? Not bad. Interesting scores like there are every week. And Thursday was quite the demolition derby for uh, a certain Northern California team. Oof. Demol- absolutely demolished. Demolished. It is what it is. Uh, so let's pass out the awards. The Fran Tarkington Award winner for this episode is Dalvin Cook. It's Dalvin Cook. He's loose. He's loose 2.0. <laughs> and he's a multifaceted. He's loose. He's not just a running forward guy, and he's still getting 200 yards. That, that's so, you know, I mean, how can you not love Dalvin Cook? And, I, and I'm so happy he got his contract. I am. I am happy for him because I sympathize with running backs. You know, I mean, in a world of people not always getting credit for the hard work they do. This is a world that's becoming a big frustration to me when it comes to that. The hard work they do. <laughs> the people that actually really work their ass off and do a damn good job at it. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see it. Uh, nice to see Delvin Cook uh, get the contract. Let's just say Kirk Cousins isn't earning the money nearly as much as Delvin Cook is at this point. Yeah, that kind of thing. So, uh, yes, Fran Tarkington 2.0. Uh, strong honorable mentions to Jeff Gladney and Eric Kendricks. Great job. Great job. No question. Uh, and the Christian Toner Memorial. Uh, it's just the uh, special teams. The special teams blocking. Not good. Not good at all. Uh, not been disappointed in Ezra Cleveland. Riley Reef has just been great this whole season. Uh, he's not perfect. He's not this perfect O-lineman, but you don't hear anybody complaining about him. He's been good. And he's uh, looking to get uh, some more of a. He's looking to get some more security after the end of this season, probably most likely with a different team. But Ezra Cleveland's been holding his own after a crappy first game. Looks like the Vikings got another solid offensive lineman. This time it's not a huge bust or somebody that's getting forklifted like uh, frickin' Bradbury was most of his rookie year. That was frustrating with a solid middle of the season, but then it was forklift time again versus Chicago and Green Bay late in the season, which was so much fun. So much fun. Uh, Brian O'Neill generally, yeah, obviously he's been solid after a crappy start to this season. Obviously he's generally been super good for the Vikings, and now Ezra Cleveland's looking like another one. So that's that's great. That's really nice to see. So we'll see how uh, things continue in that direction. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe Spielman got kind of lucky again, where he was still there, thank God, after you didn't take him after this, you didn't take this guy, you didn't take that guy, but then luckily he was still there. Same thing with Brian O'Neill three years back. So we'll see what happens. And freaking Pat Elfline slipping to third and he had a really good rookie year and he's not been good since. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Urban Legend is getting your punt blocked twice and 
having a low snap at the in the same game. That's an urban legend, all right. They got the punt blocked twice and a low snap, which caused a missed extra point. Oof. Very, very poor special teams, generally speaking, at the end of the day. And K.J. Osborne. And K.J. Osborne making lots of mistakes. Special teams, wake it up. Uh, wake up. That wasn't a good game. Hopefully they can uh, recover from that one. God willing. With that said, we'll take a quick break, and then we will look around the league, look, at close, uh, look closer at the NFC North. Again, very solid day for the uh, Green Bay Packers on Thursday. Not so solid for next week's opponent, Chicago. And, of course, Detroit did not have a good game today either. And we talked about that already. Talk to you after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, time to look around the league and the NFC North, and of course, next week's opponent, the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. Interesting history between these teams. It goes back and forth many times, uh, ups and downs, and some unbelievable players, and some great games, and uh, yeah, just a lot of a lot of classic history, Minnesota versus Chicago, and it will be, uh, hopefully, on the positive side for Minnesota, it hasn't been so great of late, that's for sure. Four losses in a row thanks to the football database.com or it's just footballdb.com. But uh, yeah, you get the idea there. As per usual, we got Sunday night football flashing in the background, and uh, you can guess which team I would probably be preferring between the two. The two greatest uh, passing quarterbacks of all time, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. I think, I think you know which one. Yeah, Tom Brady, just in case you don't know. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I highly prefer over New Orleans, but as to anyone, nothing. New Orleans, as I'm recording this segment at the moment, second quarter, yikes. Drew Brees and the, and the, and the Saints, it's not even if the Bucs are playing bad, it's the Saints are playing good. It's kind of like one of those, unfortunately. It's rough. Uh, yep, Vikings head to Chicago, Soldier Field. Bears are now 5-4 and four as they continue to dip, and the Vikings continue to jump up to 3-5 and five now, man. Playoffs, baby. Playoffs. No, it's just crazy to think if we just beat Atlanta, you know, it's like it's one of those hindsight is 2020 type years. You know, there's always years like that, like 2016 is like that. 2018 is like that. Yeah, two years with, uh, you know, this is the second year with Kirk Cousins already that way. Yeah, boy. I mean, just just think about it. Just think about it. Three and five. Maybe we actually get. Maybe we actually get. Finally, have some fortune against Seattle. Win that game. You're five hundred. Or we beat freaking Atlanta. One way or another, you're five and three. If we win both of those, and it just goes on and on. How about the Tennessee game, which we were winning the whole time and ended up losing? See, it just goes on and on. So that's just football. That's football for you. And that's Vikings history. Thursday night. I guess I can't get into this one first, can I? A rematch of the NFC Championship game. I just can't get to that one first because it's the NFC North Roundup. That's at the end. Atlanta and Denver. Well, a rematch of the uh, the Super Bowl in 1999. Well, 98 actually season, but January 99. I don't want to go there, but I guess I will. Atlanta getting revenge. They got revenge. They're three and six now over the three and five Denver Broncos. Who'd pieced together a couple wins in a row. Good for them, but not today. Atlanta got revenge, you know. I mean, it was about uh, what, 22 years ago? They got revenge. Super Bowl, I don't even remember the number. I lost interest. I just lost interest. Screw it. You know what I'm saying? 
34-27. How about them Falcons playing a little little bit better under Raheem Morris, I guess. Drew Locke, meh. You know, Matt Ryan better. Locke put up the, the yards, but the efficiency just wasn't there. You know, that kind of thing. Matt Ryan, very efficient in the game. Three touchdowns, but both quarterbacks had an interception. But Ryan's certainly way better in the quarterback rating and all that type of stuff. Locke, though, providing a little bit of mobility like he likes to do on occasion. 47 yards on the ground. Not a bad game at all, actually. Not a bad game. <clears throat> the running game in Atlanta, it's just you have... It seems like yesterday Todd Gurley was like a top three running back in the league, like a Delvin Cook. Now it's like, I mean, you'd almost rather give it to Brian Hill, who's a backup running back. <clears throat> love him. Love him and everything, but he is a backup running back. Just like I love Alexander Madison, a very good backup running back. Judge Jerry Judy, I like to call him that because I'm stupid, 125 yards in the air, good for him, but was targeted 14 times, only caught seven. I'm sure throwaways along the way, but still plays that just were not made, inaccurate passes. Just Drew Lock inaccurate, but of course, again, a little pass rush from Atlanta, which does exist, and the Vikings certainly learned that. Um, at least Drew Lock was able to get rid of the ball. They only he was he was only sacked once officially in the game, but generally speaking, having to throw the ball away quite a bit. Atlanta beats Denver in a game of garbage. It's funny though how a lot of people talk about how there's oh boy there's a lot of garbage in the NFL this year. There's a lot of garbage in the NFL every year. You know there's always like the Miamis, the Jacksonvilles, the Detroits, Carolina. Sometimes you know sometimes the you know a couple of years there the Colts were awful. Sometimes Tennessee was just a uh, you know a dumpster fire. The NFL is always filled with garbage. It's it's no different. And then there's they just got re- you know <clears throat> and some of the good teams got replaced by new good teams like Buffalo is actually super good now. And we're going to talk about them in a couple seconds. Teams like that. Buffalo's actually super good. Tennessee's extremely competitive. Indianapolis is decent. <clears throat> so, I mean, whatever. I, I'm i not buying that the NFL is necessarily like a, uh, a dumpster fire this year compared to other years. There's always dumpster teams. Atlanta stinks. Denver stinks. I mean, is anybody excited to see Atlanta and Denver? Atlanta's got some awesome players on their offense. That sounds familiar. That sounds really familiar, actually. But the record sucks. Because they had a crappy start to the season. That sounds familiar. Some really exciting offensive players on your team, but, you know, a crappy start to the season has you in a, uh, you know, tough position. Sounds familiar. Okay, I think you get the point. I don't need to re- uh, reiterate on that one or elaborate either. <clears throat> Why does this game feel like a Super Bowl game to me? It just does. And it was a kind of a Super Bowl, wasn't it? Hopefully, if this is the Super Bowl, that's the same result. Buffalo beats Seattle 44-34. to You can tell I just love Seattle Seahawks, don't you? I just love everything about Seattle. I just love Seattle, man. Uh, I like the Kraken. I couldn't care less about the Mariners. Uh, let's see. The Supersonics left a long time ago. It would be nice if they went back. Actually, I wouldn't mind that. Of course, the NBA, that's another story. It's 28 to nothing, isn't it? What the hell? It's 28. Why are the Bucks getting whooped this bad? Why? Oh my god, a tip pass. One of those. One of those tip pass interceptions. Oh, wow. Why are the Bucks getting whooped this bad? I don't think anybody saw that coming. I mean, New Orleans is dangerous, but like I was saying last week, their window's closing. Well, maybe this is them reacting to that. Like, yeah, our window is closing. Let's get the hell moving. If we're going to win the Super Bowl, it better be now, today, like basically this year. Okay, Buffalo, though. How about Josh Allen? How about Josh Allen after an awful week last week? Just stunk last week. Stunk. Uh, 138 quarterback rating. Very efficient. Three touchdowns. 
the Denver or Baltimore, no, Buffalo defense forced Russell Wilson into two interceptions in the game. Lots of yardage, but wasn't as efficient. And again, the interceptions hurt you. Wow. All right, Buffalo. Well, I mean, maybe they uncovered something here. They actually kind of semi-contained Russell Wilson. And it helps that they got five sacks on him as well. That helps a lot. Jerry G was one. Mario Addison won. A.J. Klein, two sacks. Tremaine Edmonds, sack number Cinco de Mayo. No, Cinco de Sack, or fifth sack for the Buffalo Bills. That's good. Seattle's pass rush was pretty active as well, though. My goodness. Jaron Reed, two and a half. Jamal Adams, one and a half. That's four right there. And then, yeah. My God, that's a lot. They had seven sacks. Seven freaking sacks and one of the more mobile quarterbacks. Carlos Dunlop the second, K.J. Wright, and the ever-familiar Bobby Wagner. Wow. Wow, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, Stefan Diggs is pretty good. Also, 118 yards in the air again. He's just century mark every single week. And Zach Moss got 18 yards on the ground. And this is the team that won. 18 yards on the ground, averaging how many yards a carry? Like, basically nothing. Didn't Delvin Cook run all over these guys? Am I missing something? What happened? Yet they still won by 10 points. Wrap your head around that. If that's not an urban legend, I don't know what is. Two yards a carry for Zach Moss. You hear this? Josh Allen, two yards also on seven rushes. But he got in the end zone and did Zach Moss, so I guess that's all that matters. But you hear that? Isn't that crazy? DJ Dallas, four and a half yards on the ground. Uh, just The running game just stunk in the game. It was all about in the air. I mean, 800 yards passing in the game. Pretty wild stuff. 44-34. If you like uh, if you like an open-style passing game, and Seattle's defense sometimes is just very, very beatable, apparently not on the ground in this game. But, um, hey, Delvin Cook did pretty well against Seattle, didn't he? But then, again, then he had that, then he came up lame with the groin. But ever since he was able to return a week and a half later, he's looks like Walter Payton and you know as as a Viking, he really does. Seventeen points in the fourth quarter by Buffalo, and of course some timely big plays as well. Got it done for the Buffalo Bills. They uh, absolutely took care of business when it mattered. In fact, Seattle was the last team to score in the game. Again, wrap your head around that one. I mean, that's how badly Buffalo was beating up. Seattle Seahawks. It's very impressive. <clears throat> in the days of uh, having a first round bye, Buffalo would be in conversation. Unfortunately, you got Pittsburgh and Kansas City rolling in that category, but I guess this year there's only going to be one uh, one team with a bye this year, which kind of sucks because of the weird odd number, you know, seven teams totally make it our total in each conference. Boy, Tampa is fighting for that number one seed. They're going to say adios to that. Another turnover? Please tell me it's not another turnover. No, they're just coming back on the field ever. <laughs> the Saints got their fourth touchdown of the half. God, what is going on? What's going on? Well, Buffalo won. They're 7-2. 7-2 Buffalo Bills. I, I like it. I like the Buffalo Bills, okay? And Stephon Diggs helps, I guess. As much as we might not like the way you handle things here, kind of Jimmy Butler-like, it's working. Whatever it is, it's working. Just like when he acted like a jackass on the sidelines and Kirk Cousins and co. Yes, I said Kirk Cousins led the Vikings to a 20-point comeback versus the Denver Broncos last year. An awful Bronco team, but they were beating us 20-0 to zero in the game. So 20 points is 20 points against any NFL team. That's still an accomplishment. I don't care who it is. 
Baltimore freaking Ravens with their twenty uh, with their sixth win of the year, six and two now on the season. And Indianapolis, kind of back and forth after an awesome start to the season. They've been kind of win loss win loss. They've been playing five hundred ball honestly after a three and zero start. They're now five and three on the season, five and three. Sorry for snapping my lips. I apologize out there. I, yeah, I'm guessing the guy left the show way before that, unfortunately. <clears throat> but uh, Baltimore, nice solid win. Their defense showing up in a big way, and Lamar Jackson wasn't as rough in this game as he's had some numbers, uh, some some interceptions, some turnovers. Philip Rivers just not very efficient, and uh, Jacoby Brissett, nothing to brag about there either, unfortunately. But that was just in a single play, so I can't really say a whole lot there. Michael Pittman Jr. adequate uh, adequate game and all that. Nick Boyle, forty six yards. The whole passing game in this game wasn't much to brag about. And the whole running game wasn't much to brag about either in this game. Just not a whole lot of offense. Because Baltimore just kind of got the job done defensively and scored when they could. That type of thing. Um, Baltimore the past few weeks had gotten trillions of sacks in this game. Zero. Zero against an old, old, old quarterback. But the offensive line in Indianapolis is pretty good. Mar Jackson, Lamar Jackson was sacked twice in the game. Naeem Hines, uh, I wish. Nope, he didn't have a great, uh, he did not have a great kick return game either. Phew, 21 yard total yards returning and four on four returns. Wow. Kansas City, Carolina. This isn't going to be the Super Bowl, but it sure looked like it. Jeez, 33 to 31. Carolina. Sometimes you just come up to play against the great teams. You, you give it your absolute best. That's why it's hard to repeat as a champion, by the way. I think most people understand that one. Teddy, what a nice game. Awesome, awesome game. A couple of touchdowns early. But the, the uh, <clears throat> Carolina Hurricane Panthers, I know, I'm just screwing around. The Carolina Panthers just couldn't hold on down the stretch. Good fourth quarter, I should say, but just ultimately could not get the win at the end of the day. Uh, Kansas City built the lead. Carolina still had a couple chances and then just couldn't finish the job. Kansas City, 33 Carolina 31. Again, a good strong start for Carolina. Kansas City basically took over, and then eh, I, I don't know. It's just Kansas City being Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, another four touchdown game. <sighs> Ho-hum, right? Just, just, it's just four touchdowns. There is literally like no running game in Kansas City. It's just, just, just pass the ball. It's, it's Patrick Mahomes. You got Travis Kelsey, one of the deadliest tight tight ends in the world. He's probably the best tight end in football right about now. Tyreek Hill's like a Mr. Everything kind of guy. Super valuable. I mean, look at the running game. Gosh, didn't they just have, uh, or was that last year? I don't even remember. LaShawn McCoy? Yep, another reclamation project in Le'Veon Bell, a guy who's, you know, was demanding gajillions of money just a year ago, holding out and winding up with the Jets. The Jets. Did you, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go with anything. The guy can't get anywhere. Like they put, they put him out there a couple of a couple of runs, and nothing happens. And I don't know. It's like they don't give a damn. Like hell with the running game. Let's just keep passing. Just pass, 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 <clears throat> and pass and pass and pass. I guess. I, I, I guess so. I mean, and it's just a mess. Christian McCaffrey's back. That's good, Mister Everything. When it comes to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, I keep calling them the Hurricanes. I got hockey on the mind here, or the Florida Panthers. <laughs> The Carolina Panthers actually sounds a little better, doesn't it? A nice, efficient game by Teddy. Nice to see him get in the 300 mark. But Christian McCaffrey, 82 yards in the air. Three, or excuse me, 10 catches. He caught everything coming his way. Again, 
a nookie blankie for Teddy Bridgewater, and it certainly helps. And, well, 69 yards on the ground. Not the most efficient running game for him, but, uh, you know, that, that Kansas City defense, they give up points here and there, but they're, they have their games where they give up points and this and that, but they're sneaky stingy, aren't they? Uh, and the Vikings learned that the hard way last year. Full crew for Minnesota and Kansas City. What what did they have? Matt Moore at quarterback? I mean, Matt Moore at quarterback. Patrick Mahomes didn't play a single snap in that game. I forget what his injury was. Some kind of a some kind of a knee injury that wasn't uh, long-term, thankfully, for him. Uh, I forget it was like an MCL or something like that. But, um, man. Mm. Man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, uh, they're one of those sneaky teams uh, defensively, as good as their offense is. They'll stop you when they need to. Oh, see, here, here we go. Let's get the dumpster fire uh, conversation rolling again. <clears throat> second place team in the NFC. Second place. So, yes, there is a dumpster fire going on, and it happens to be in the NFC East. It is the king and queens of dumpster fires, the emperors, whatever else you want to call it, the Washington Golden Gophers. The Washington Golden Gophers, yes. Uh, you got that uh, the, the maroon and gold with the, with a W, yep. Uh, two, two and six. They're second place in the NFC East. And that's after the loss. That's after the loss today. 23-20 to 20 against the New York football giants who are the New York football midgets. Okay, I don't want to get in trouble for that statement because these days everything offends everybody. Uh, everything does. You call them a giant, maybe you're offending them. Like, what are you trying to say? They're dumb, tall people? Or what are, what are you trying to say? Midgets? What are you trying to be? A, a bully? Okay, they're just the New York team that wears blue and red. I guess, and they beat the Washington Gophers, or just the Washington football team. The New York football team, the New York blue football team beat the Washington maroon football team, okay? Is that okay for you? So we can't offend, especially now with the, after the election, now I th- uh, <laughs> if it stays the way it is, uh, people are going to get offended by breathing next. Yeah, if you don't have six masks on, but I'll just leave that alone. 23 to 20, the dumpster fire continues. Dumpster fire bowl. The Giants win the dumpster fire bowl. Hopefully nobody got offended by me seeing the Giants, because I did. <clears throat> I know, I'm an ass. I, I know, but so are other people, I think. Houston, oh boy, another dumpster fire bowl. Dumpster fire bowl number 900 this year. Yes, there is a lot of junk in the NFL. Yes. Jacksonville sucks. They suck. One win. They won their season opener this year. Do you realize that? You hear that? Yeah, Houston's actually won two games now. Two. 27 to 25. <clears throat> At least they won. Yeah, I didn't even elaborate a bit on those Washington and New York Giants. They're just garbage. Who, who's going to watch that? At least in this one, you got Deshaun Watson. He's really somewhat entertaining, and he, he had a hell of a game. He led the team in passing yards. Big surprise because he's the quarterback. But he also led the team in running yards because the two Johnson. Johnson and Johnson couldn't get it done. <sighs> DeAndre Hopkins. Boy, if I was a Houston Texans fan, thank God I'm not. I mean, seriously. Do I have to go over it every single time I think about the Houston Texans? Because it's the only thing I can think about, other than Deshaun Watson's a really nice player. I'm still sad that he got injured a few years back, because that sucked. That that did derail a great start to his career. It really slowed him down. His last year, he wasn't as good. Duke Johnson was the next best runner with less than three yards of carry, 41 total. David Bleepin Johnson really did get eight yards I, I carry, so maybe I shouldn't complain, but they only were able to use him twice. It's just one of those things. I I, I don't know. 
James Hollywood Robinson of Jacksonville. Just kind of a solid, mediocre game on the ground. But, hey, what the hell? I guess it's good enough to still lose to the... Uh, <laughs> it's still good enough to lose to the Houston Texans. I don't even know, man. I just don't even know. It's, it's garbage. It's just bunk. Who cares, right? Las Vegas versus the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Not a bad game at all, actually, right after the uh, the Vikings game. Not bad, eh? Little and a little AFC football, and the Las Vegas Raiders are 5-3 and three now in a very tight, entertaining game, actually. I kind of liked it. I kind of enjoyed it. It's not like I watched the entire thing biting, na- biting my nails, like, oh, my God, i got to see every single play. But I watched it, you know, off and on, generally speaking. It's a fun one. Uh, Derek Carr was very efficient in the game. Justin Her- Herbert keeps getting better and better. He had a knee injury that kept him out for a play or two. And then poor, uh, <laughs> what was his name? Old, uh, didn't even show him in the numbers. He should be as a runner in the game. He tried to run forward, but um, <laughs> it's just ridiculous what happened at the end of the day. Tyrod Taylor, I mean, he tried to run the ball forward, was pushed back, this and that. That's, of course, the San Diego Chargers. I just call them San Diego. Los Angeles Chargers, still stuck in the past. Keenan Allen, nice, solid game. Herbert keeps getting better. Herbert, not Herbert. Herbert keeps getting better and better and better every week. You look at the, and I wanted to say this on the show. I was thinking I'd hopefully remember. You look at those uh, Vegas uniforms, and this has been going on for the last couple of years, where instead of black on the white uniforms, it's like that silver now, kind of like the Saints right now flashing in front of me, where it's, they're wearing the white uniforms, the road whites, and then the number is gold. I mean, you can kind of see it instead of, like, instead of black, right? Because, you know, normally it would be black. Like, you know, when the Vikings played the Bleeping Saints, they had the black, uh, they were wearing the white jerseys, but they had black numbers, that kind of thing. Yeah, because they don't wear the black ones that often. They usually wear the lighter colored ones. It's some weird third jersey that both of these teams have had, the uh, the Raiders with the, the silver numbers. You feel like you're going blind when the players are kind of far away from the camera, so to speak, like it's a longer distance uh, shot, so to speak, or angle, whatever. You feel like you're going blind. I don't see anything. I bet it drives people nuts, especially play-by-play announcers. But a nice, entertaining back and forth. Derek Carr, very good game for him. Very solid. Nice, accurate down the field, but of course got knocked away on occasion, because that's football, obviously. But an overall good, solid game. Uh, Josh Jacobs was was rock solid, 65 yards on the ground. Not an elite game, but he did get in the end zone. And Devontae Booker, also very solid. Had a nice 23-yard scamper, and he got in the end zone. Derek Carr fumbled one away, unfortunately, so there was a turnover that mattered. Uh, and then there was a controversial, well, not controversial. It, it wasn't. I think they made the right call. Uh, just unfortunate, close play at the end. Where it looked like the Chargers were going to beat the Raiders and derail a... Uh, possible 5-3 and three record and drop them to 500, which would really suck, actually, if you're a Raiders fan. For a team that's showing some promise this year in a year with the extra wild card uh, position in the playoffs. Los Angeles Chargers look like they had completed a game-winning touchdown pass, but uh, just uh, didn't have control of the ball, that's all. Uh, didn't have control of the ball, and that's just kind of all there is to say at the end of the game. At the end of the day, I believe it was Mike Williams. Yep, did not have control of the ball on the final play, and uh, that's just how it goes. Just one of those close, close plays. But entertaining game. I like I like anything with Las Vegas on it except gambling. Go ahead and laugh at me for saying that, and I'm being honest. I like the Las Vegas uh, Golden Knights a lot. 
They look kind of like the Saints a little bit, I guess, but much more likable. And Las Vegas Raiders. Anything with Las Vegas on it, I'm going to be a fan right away. There's just a vibe. I don't know what it is, but as, as yucky as the Raiders were the last couple of years, just the minute they got Las Vegas in their name, it's like they're just suddenly a decent team now. They're halfway decent and good for them. Nice to see. It was a fun, fun back and forth AFC game. And I enjoyed it. Uh, the other choice was what? Dallas versus Pittsburgh. I'm not going to watch that. Yes, another Super Bowl rematch. Another one. Another Super Bowl rematch. Isn't that great? Like, I care so much, right? <laughs> Pittsburgh versus Dallas. I don't like the Steelers, and, and Dallas is a dumpster fire, and we call everybody that. Dallas actually has two wins this year, because I think they did, yeah, they won one two weeks ago, didn't they, with Andy Dalton, the quarterback. That was entertaining. But that's because they're playing the Giants, or even worse. Uh, Steelers are 8-0, and I guess they're the best team in football. They're not. But their record is the best. They have the best record in football. They're not the best team. <clears throat> they're not. They're good. They're good. They're good, and, and they're a threat, and who knows? Maybe they will go all the way. They won't. <clears throat> They'll get to maybe the AFC Championship game, but that's it. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I'm doing my best Rick Spielman impression. Chase Claypool, not as exciting of a day, but not as not, not bad either. Uh, I don't know. Just certain plays didn't work out. You know he's their number one guy. 13 targets. But it is what it is. Uh, Roethlisberger just didn't have done. He didn't turn the ball over. And super efficient the whole game. And somebody named Garrett Gilbert. What is he, their third string quarterback in Dallas? Oh, God. Zeke Elliott, 51 yards. Th less than three yards a carry. C.D. Lamb, the exciting uh, prospect. Not as good as Justin Jefferson, though, doggone it. And how can you, I mean, I love C.D. Lamb, and I loved his highlights and everything, and I was excited at the possibility, but Justin Jefferson, baby. I mean, I'm very, very proud to have Justin Jefferson wearing purple. I'm glad it's not switched up C.D. Lamb for uh, Justin Jefferson. Oh, boy, imagine if Jefferson was on the Cowboys and, you know, yeah, Dak Prescott had him as a, uh, <laughs> as a target when his ankle heals. Watch out. Watch out. And, yes, God bless uh, Mr. Um, <laughs> Greg Zierlein, what's he doing there? Yeah, he used to be the Rams kicker, didn't he? What's he? What is, what's up with all these kickers? And then Kai Forbath, the kicker for the uh, L.A. Rams. That's weird. I don't know. Pittsburgh won, though, again. Good, solid defense. And just, you know, it's another one of those stingy kind of defenses where they're not exciting, but they're, they're just good enough. And a major reason why Pittsburgh is a playoff team again. We'll just at least call them a playoff team because with eight wins, they're basically already in the playoffs. I mean, it's literally like that now. Basically. I mean, you win one more game, there's your nine and seven. Like, worst, absolute worst case scenario. But they're not going to lose seven games in a row. They're probably going to finish like 13 and three the way they're going at least. I don't like the Steelers, but they're doing a good job. This is actually a fairly likable team. Roethlisberger's back. Long story longer is the fact that Roethlisberger's back hurling the ball again. That makes a big freaking difference for uh, Pittsburgh compared to like a, a, a Randolph or whoever the heck their names are. Uh, Mason Randolph, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They would have been better off with, uh, I can't even remember the guy's name now. Maddox, right? Tommy Maddox. Yeah, he was he was good for a couple of minutes in Pittsburgh years ago. Right after that uh, XFL stint that lasted a couple of months. Miami Dolphins versus Arizona Cardinals. And Miami Dolphins, second place in the AFC East with a 5-3 and three record, and they drop Arizona to 5-3, and three, second place in the NFC West. 
AFC East, NFC West. So kind of the opposite sides with the opposite sides. Okay, Kyler Murray. <laughs> Very entertaining back-and-forth type of a game between these two teams. And nice to see Tua, you know, a, a top overall pick versus a highly touted first-round pick. You know, single digits first-round pick for Miami. Fun. This is nice. Uh, this is the future, folks. If you like it or not, that's the future, and it's it, it looks good. Kyler Murray, my God, what an athlete. Oh, and obviously he's a damn good passer, too. Almost a perfect game, and they still lost. Almost a perfect game for Kyler Murray. Not only for uh, passing, but for rushing, too. He had 106 yards on the ground. My goodness, but he lost the ball. It's unfortunate. Tua? Tua. Let's just call him Tua, because, the, yeah. <laughs> Let's just call him Tua. Let's go or double T. Yeah, um, solid, solid game as well. Better than last week. Last week was his uh, career starter, and he threw his first touchdown pass, but only one in a not a, in not a great game. But uh, very promising. Miami's actually winning football games now, and they have their starting quarterback, and it's pretty cool to watch, actually. And a decent, halfway decent defense. Arizona's got a halfway decent defense, but a very exciting offense, but 34-31 in favor of the Miami Dolphins. That's a, that's going to be a nice matchup back and forth. Obviously, they're not going to play each other very often, obviously, like once every four years or so. Maybe it's some random games thrown in here and there, but we all know how that works, the schedule and everything. Then you got your New Orleans versus Tampa. Woohoo! New Orleans, or excuse me, Tampa is finally in the red zone. It's about freaking time. Fine, though. Yeah. I don't know what this is saying. Must be a, Okay. No, it's not. It's 31 nothing. This is in. Brady just threw another interception. Uh, I don't know if people... I don't know if that was his fault. It was a bad route. He didn't look... I don't know. Looked like a bad route, but I, what is going on in this game? I bet the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks wishes they could just go home. Can we just forfeit the second half? I mean, this is some garbage. Boy, a game like this could screw up your season, seriously, because you got to think there's going to be a couple of... There's going to be a little bit of finger-pointing in the locker room after this and in the halftime. Like, what the bleep are you doing out there? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. That's, that's really bad. It's Brady's... I don't know. You get on his wrong side. He's not the nicest guy in the world. Breaking news. We'll get back to the Bears in Tennessee in a second. Rematch of the NFC title game, and just like it always goes, the team that lost kicks the other team's butt, and it means nothing. Well, you want a regular season game, so it's, it means something, but not as much. Uh, I'm sure Green Bay wishes this was the NFC Championship game because they'd be in the Super Bowl. They still might make it, though. As bad as the Vikings beat them last week, and as bad as Tampa beat them. I can't even imagine Tampa putting a whoop-ass on Green Bay right now with the way they're getting destroyed versus the Saints. I don't know, man. But Aaron Rodgers, right back to being the real Aaron Rodgers again. Four touchdown passes, efficient, all over the field, almost a perfect game. It's, it helps having Aaron Jones back, but even he wasn't all that great. He was just okay. My God, how many different guys ran the ball in this game? Seven different players. Getting a little creative there. Good good for you. Good on you, Lafleur. Uh, Devontae Adams, a lot of people see him as the best receiver in football. There's a number of great receivers. There's Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, there's Justin Jefferson, there's Stefan Diggs, there's guys like that. It's a debate, but uh, Devontae Adams is a spectacular receiver. He is, and he's burned us and killed us and roasted us and toasted us forever. But at least Kirk Cousins finally got one win against Green Bay, even though it was Delvin Cook doing it more than Kirk Cousins. Uh, 173 yards, though, wow. 49-yard oh, 
big play in the game as well. And that scantling up, he gets those huge gains, those huge gains here and there. Nick Mullins at quarterback, and they're frustrated with Garoppolo over there. All kinds of possibilities. They might try to trade him or get rid of him somehow. You can have Kirk Cousins' contract any day of the week, San Francisco. You can have him. I don't think uh, a lot of Viking fans would object to that. <laughs> I don't know. Thirty-four to seventeen, quite a favorable day for the Green Bay Packers. And home field advantage just means absolutely nothing right now in the NFL. Let's finally get to the Bears. I don't know. I like to just, I love this segment. I have a lot of fun with it. I think a lot of you noticed that. The Bears lost 24-17 to today, and they will be playing the Vikings on, on Monday Night Football next week. We'll see how the recording of that show is. It won't be on that night, of course. It might be Tuesday morning, depending on my schedule with the lawn service. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we don't know how the weather is going to be and this and that, so... The release of next week's show is going to be sporadic, but the Bears, a team that was 5-1, and one, has now lost three in a row. They're on a downward spiral, and the only reason why this game was somewhat close is the Bears scored all 17 points in the fourth quarter, and they still lost by a touchdown. I don't know. They're just not real good right now. Tennessee 6-2, and two, Bears are 5-4. and four. Nobody really saw the Bears as a legitimate 5-1 and one type of a team, because they're not. They're just not. Uh, Tennessee went up 24-3 to at one point uh, as the Bears finally got a field goal with 12 minutes and 30 seconds left. Nice comeback and everything, but it wasn't enough. It was just too little too late. Bears couldn't get the ball back to do anything special after that one uh, with one minute remaining, finally getting, uh, getting it within a single score. They end up losing to Tennessee again, who took a pretty sizable lead. They just kind of finished the job. Ryan Tannehill, very efficient. Derrick Henry. Well, this is where the Vikings' uh, offense might, offensive uh, fortunes might change, and let's just say Chicago may end their three-game losing streak. Very strong possibility because it's going to be in Soldier Field. Viking success rate in Soldier Field is one in bajillions. But the number one reason is not just because the Vikings are playing in Soldier Field. And I know you don't want to say, you know, because you don't want to be like, oh, you know, they're at home, so the other, the home team always wins. Not so much this year. Uh, the Vikings won in Lambeau Field. The Packers won in U.S. Bank Stadium. You know, up until at least uh, 2017, okay, it was just two games, but Rodgers was 0-2 in U.S. Bank Stadium. It actually meant something for a minute there. But um, this year it doesn't mean a damn thing. <laughs> Home field advantage is just kind of, I don't know, you're in that other team's stadium, but there's, you know, sometimes there's a few thousand fans, sometimes there's 250 and a lot of uh, white noise and maybe some uh, piped-in sound and some... You get to hear that, which which I thought was unbelievable that the Vikings didn't even think of adding that against the Green Bay Packers. It is also nice to note, because I didn't even bring this up, this stat up, that the Vikings had never lost their first four home games in a season. Never. And they didn't. They were 0-3 at home this year were the Minnesota Vikings, losing to the Packers and, and the Falcons and such. Um... Oh, the Vikings ended that today, thank God. So it didn't happen. <laughs> ended that possibility. So that's good. But uh, the point I was trying to make a long, long time ago is the possible best running back in football. It's either Delvin Cook or uh, Derrick Henry, pretty much. Pretty much. Because um, it isn't Ezekiel Elliott. It's not. And I don't think it's Kamara either. Uh, 3.2 yards of carry. You know, that that's that's Leroy Horde territory. I'll give you three. You need one, I'll give you three. You need five, I'll give you three. 3.2 yards of carry. He did have a 26-yard long also, which is a fairly long carry. So you consider that carry brought that up to uh, 
that one play brought his average yards to 3.2. Okay, so the do you see the do you see the problem here? Do you see the problem? <laughs> Not saying that Delvin Cook. Oh boy, Delvin Cook's going to get like five yards, you know, in the whole game. He's going to get like ten rushes and like fifteen yards. You know, I I don't think it's going to be that bad. But just saying, the Vikings might be forced to uh, go to the air a little bit more. They might. They might not necessarily be a bad thing if it means Justin Jefferson's going to be receiving the ball a couple times. Wouldn't be bad to see Adam Thielen have some numbers also. It's just you don't want to put too much pressure on Kirk Cousins. You, you really don't. Uh, Ryan Tannehill only passed for 158 yards in the game. Just generally speaking, Tennessee was Tennessee was kept in check offensively in this game. It's just their defense got the job done at times. And they scored when they could. They scored when they were given the opportunities and when they needed to. Did Tennessee. Just saying, again, I don't think Delvin Cook's going to run all over this Bears defense. I don't think so. The good news is, obviously, Chicago's offense is not that impressive. Nick Foles has owned the Vikings, particularly in the biggest game of his life, or second biggest game of his life, anyway. Vikings or Vikings versus Philadelphia Eagles. 2017 NFC Championship game. Yeah. That was something else. The option play that made the Vikings look like idiots time and time again. Ah. <sighs> Got to see uh, Anthony Barr drop back into coverage and get roasted and toasted. Got to see him stumble around and get uh, burned on a play. I don't know why I'm even going back into that. It's just because it's Nick Foles. Yeah, he's he's okay. He's a good, solid spot starter who uh, had the greatest uh, couple of spot starts of any quarterback could ever have in the history of his life, ever, and in the biggest games you could ever imagine. You know, good for him, I guess. Chicago, though, generally speaking, it's Nick Foles. you got Anthony Miller. That's PA's favorite guy. Jimmy Graham's had some big moments, obviously, even against the Vikes. David Montgomery's a halfway decent running back. Cordero Patterson is what he is. We could sure use him as a returner. That'd be nice. And he had an okay job today, 26-yard return along the way. I don't know, man. The Bears' defense is, the only, is what makes them go, obviously. Their offense is not good. They have an offensive-minded coach, but it's a defensive team. It's just that simple. Khalil Mack, well, at least the pass rush for Minnesota, the pass rush against Minnesota hasn't been as bad lately. This game has the makings of the Vikings getting destroyed, though, in terms of, again, forcing the Vikings to uh, put the ball in the air, forcing more pressure on Kirk Cousins because the running game isn't working as well. And then you got the great pass rush of Khalil Mack, is, you know, unless the Vikings offensive line continues to dominate the way they have the past couple of weeks, unless that happens, I don't know, because Khalil Mack has absolutely owned the Vikings in his in his few games against them as a Chicago Bear. Akeem Hicks is what he is. Absolutely dangerous. Uh, man, yeah, I still remember Robert Quinn also, I believe former uh, Los Angeles Ram. Malcolm Butler's on the, uh, that, that's cool, Tennessee Titans. That's cool, Tennessee Titans, yep. Obviously, connections with the uh, the coach there. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Chicago is not that impressive of a team. Their defense still scares me, and they have frustrated the Vikings forever. Four straight losses. 2018, when the Bears were just awesome. Uh, Vikings almost beat them, though, in, La- in uh, Lambeau, in Soldier Field, November 18th. But that was another one of those, like, man, if we could have won that game. If, you know, it would have been a different season. And then we got obliterated at home when it was a game when the Vikings were already basically being eliminated. I still remember that so well. And last year, 16-6. to 6. 
seemed very similar to the loss back in 2017 with uh, Sam Bradford at quarterback when he could hardly move. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, Vikings could, yeah, Vikings barely lost to the Bears, barely lost to the Bears in the U.S. Bank Stadium down the stretch last year. It was one of those games, again, you know, season finale against the Bears, which you've had a bajillion of over the years, billions. The last game ever in the Metrodome was against the Bears. Um, and we actually won that game. It was Leslie Frazier's finale, because that was a pretty bad Bears team, if I remember correctly. Um, Vikings almost beat the Bears with, like, the worst... We had, like, the worst quarterback at the time, and the Bears were just awful. Yeah, that was Sean Mannion at quarterback and, like, nobody else. It was kind of funny. Oh, God, we almost beat him. But we just said, screw it, because 11-5, and 10-6, and 12-4, we would have still been uh, the fifth seed, if I remember correctly. We weren't going to move up. We weren't going to move down at the end of the day. So that's just kind of how that went. Or were we, or were we the sixth seed? I think we were fifth last year, if I remember correctly. But um, it is what it is. That's what happened last year. Kind of screwed because there were so many good teams last year. Um, it's been a rich history. There's been some streaks here and there. Obviously, way back in the 60s against most teams, particularly teams like Chicago, Detroit, and Green Bay. Boy, all three of them just dominated Minnesota back in the 60s. The Vikings had what? How many wins in the 60s? Uh, well, let's just say up until 1968, October 27, 68, which is, you know, an, another loss. The Vikings had only won three games against the Bears versus, like, <laughs> a lot. Too much to too little, as they say. I believe that would have made 16. Yeah, like 3 and uh, three and 13 against the Bears up to that point. Well, a couple of ties. So 3, 3, 11, and 2. Just a couple of ties. Multiple ties against the Bears back in the day. When's the last time we tied against the Bears? Maybe we'll tie against them this year. Wow, six back in the night no, back in the nineteen sixties. Wow. Nineteen sixty eight I believe we tied the Bears for the second and final time. Way back in the old days. Where where is it? There it is. Nineteen sixty seven. December tenth, nineteen sixty seven. Very rough start against the Bears team that had Gail Sayers at running back. Then the Vikings had the Purple People Eaters and blah 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 and it was four wins in a row and a couple of losses. Uh and Book ending a win in 1971. Then we beat them how many times in a row in the 70s? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wins in a row. Then it got to be a little back and forth just because a guy by the name of Walter Payton was had suited up for the Bears by 75. Definitely a bit back and forth. Four wins in a row in the very early 80s. And then the 80s Bears were the best team in football. Uh, Jim McMahon went on Dan Barrero and talked about that. They really were. About 83, 84, till about 87, 88. They were the best team, you could argue, in the NFL. It's a crying shame they only won one Super Bowl, but I suppose most Viking fans would tell you, shut the hell up, we don't want to hear that. They were, they were a big rival. Why do you want to praise the Bears? They were really good back then. Kind of like how Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are at this moment. They're pretty good. Until we beat them up real good, and Tampa Bay beat them up, but other than that, Green Bay's pretty good. <laughs> they beat up on the 49ers pretty good to, uh, today, or Thursday, pardon me. But yeah, those 80s Bears beat the crap out of the Vikings. Only one win in the skiest man of 83 to 80, the end of 87. And then finally in 88, Vikings won both of those. Interesting. That's when the Bears were starting to drop off a little bit. But always a tough matchup. Early 90s, though, Vikings and Bears. Vikings dominated the Bears big time back in those days. Chris Carter making the big catch and running for it back in 94. That was December 1st, huh? 
I still remember that he just caught the ball and just ran, and there was nobody in front of him. It was pretty cool. Just blown coverage, this and that, and the Vikings lost the frickin' playoff game to the frickin' Bears with Steve frickin' Walsh. 35-18. to 35-18. to 18, A very depressing end to a uh, semi-promising season. Not really. We were all excited about Warren Moon as quarterback instead of, you know, Joe Q quarterback since there was no more Tommy Kramer or Wade Wilson and sure as heck no more Tarkington. Um, he was already more than 10 years removed from being the Vikings quarterback by that point. Um, man. <laughs> we finally had Warren Moon and somebody like that. Then the Bears started to get kind of good for a minute or two there and then, you know, it was a bit of back and forth. Four wins in a row again versus the Bears. We kind of dominated the Bears from 97 until 2000. We had one loss thrown in there in 99 because the Vikings were just ugh, very frustrating in 1999 in the early stages of that season. Oh, very frustrating. 24 to 22. That was in the Dome. Very frustrating loss. Yeah, I still remember that one very well. 98 when Moss and Co. were just crushing that team. Yep, Steve Stenstrom was the quarterback. That one was in the Dome, 48-22. to 22. Dwayne Rudd was taunting the Bears, remember, at the goal line, and he got flagged. Stupid idiot. What was he thinking? Like, he's like, oh, F that. No, that was a stupid, dumbass play. Uh, great play by Randy Moss. September 27, 98, I still remember that. Big-time play. Vikings end up winning 31-28. Actually, very close game, surprisingly. We were messing around, but we won in Soldier Field. We won in Soldier Field. I, yep, I still remember the 42-14 to 14 game. Dwayne Washington with a pick six. Remember that guy? Dwayne Washington, 1994. Early game in September, 42-14. to 14. Wow! About as impressive a win as the Vikings have ever had in uh, Chicago. About as impressive as we've ever had. Usually it's a close, close game. Close game. Even the crappy uh, 98 Bears versus the crazy 15-1 and 91, uh, 98 Vikings. That was, that was the last play of the game, pretty much. The Vikings won. Scary. But beautiful. <clears throat> Bears started. This is when the Bears got good, went to the NFC title game, and just couldn't beat the Packers. They were good for a couple years there. Uh, I remember in the uh, Dick Duran era, too. He was pretty solid against the Vikings in about 01 ish. Yeah, three losses in a row, back and forth. In the Levy Smith era, they were really good for a couple of years. Yep, they swept us that year. Went to the Super Bowl and got beat by Indianapolis. That could go on forever. Yeah, this is too long, isn't it? I apologize. Six losses in a row. and the, Yeah, and now, now we've lost four in a row years later. We beat them a couple times. 14 in the Teddy Bridgewater era. That was cool. And, uh, 17, the Vikings beat the Bears twice also. That was really nice. Very impressive. When Case Keenum took over and got the job done. Very exciting win for the Vikings in that case. Very, very exciting win. Big time. Uh, after taking over for Sam Bradford, his knee just couldn't move anymore. Sad. Vikings overall lead the season, uh, lead the all-time series, which is actually hard to believe considering how tough this team can be sometimes for us. 60-56, and of course the two ties way back in the 60s. With that said, Vikings versus Bears, God, I drugged this too long, and I apologize. There's just so much history, and I like Minnesota versus Chicago. I do, and Dylan Richardson, if he just happens to be listening, who got me started in the podcasting world on the sportsstuff.com. Unfortunately, the site no longer exists, and it's just kind of me on my own now, uh, running the uh, quote-unquote network, you could say. It doesn't even have a name other than, well, I'll call it Paladino Live Network, but it's nothing official. Uh, but no, he's a Bears fan from Northern California, kind of close to Sacramento up there. 
but uh, a Bears fan, not a 49ers fan or anything like that. and so I always have warm feelings for the Bears, partially because of that, and partially, I just, I don't know, I, I remember them in the 80s, and I thought they were really cool. Really cool team. They they were. And Walter Payton is the greatest running back ever, so I have warm feelings for the Bears at times. It, it's just classic, and of course, the Saturday Night Live, the Bears, the Polish Sausage, and Ditka, it, it, it's, there's too many reasons to kind of, you know, have, to kind of like them, kind of how you like the Cubbies, you know? I like the Cubbies, you know? That kind of thing, too. It's just a vibe. I don't know. When the game comes on, and then you start hating the Bears again. But when it's, you know, you think about history and classic things, the Bears bring you back to the good old days. They they do. They really do. 70s, 80s, 90s. It's cool stuff. Cool, cool, cool. To the point, though, Vikings in Soldier Field, they've been, the Bears had been good. They've started to suck a little bit. I just don't like the formula of this game. And if the weather is cold, which it might be, Maybe. Windy is one thing as well. I don't. I, I just don't think it bowls super well for the Vikings in Chicago on a Monday night, you know, prime time Monday night game. Put it this way, if the Vikings do win that game, then it's like, okay, that's kind of cool. That's kind of exciting. The reason why the Vikings would win is guys like Gladney just continue to progress. There isn't much of a pass rush for the Vikings, but occasionally there is. We occasionally get something going. Apparently DJ Wonham is capable of getting to the quarterback once in a while. Who again? Yeah, DJ won him. <laughs> I mean, both of your defensive ends are gone, you know, and it's really sad. Gakwe's traded away, Hunter's out for the season. You could argue the third guy. And uh, Everson Griffin's obviously gone, unfortunately. That's three fantastic defensive ends that are not on the Vikings at the moment. Only one of them still remains. One of them still exists on the roster, but he's out for the season. So that's another thing. You know, it's just there's no pass rush. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Cousins' possible possibilities of just kind of foiling the game are uh, really uh, really high. I gotta think, but <clears throat> if you can keep keep going, get the vibe going with Justin Jefferson, and maybe get to Adam Thielen a little bit, that would be really really nice. Keep the defense honest, so to speak. So maybe Yelvin Cook can continue to dominate that type of thing. It's a combination of. Cook keeping the defense honest so Kirk Cousins can actually make some uh, complete some good passes. And, of course, uh, you know, the passing game keeping the defense honest so Cook can be a, uh, more and more of a threat as well in possible option plays and this and that. Uh, but also, again, this, the screen pass. i, I got to think there's going to be some screen plays for Delvin Cook. You're going to have to use him some way. If you can't use him as a, uh, as a flat-out running back, you can use him in the, in the screen game, this and that. Uh, check downs if you need to, God forbid, and he can uh, make something happen, make something out of nothing, break a tackle or two, and then who knows, maybe he's loose. Because if he is loose, Vikings will beat the Bears. If he's not loose, the Vikings won't beat the Bears. What do you think of that? What do you think of that prediction? Whether it's in Soldier Field or U.S. Bank Stadium, if he's loose, the Vikings win. If he's contained, the Vikings lose. It's as simple as that. And you're really relying on the running game here, but i got a sneaky feeling Justin Jefferson is going to be a, a growing factor again. Is this the game where he gets to the century mark? Against the Bears defense, which is ever so stingy, I, I don't know. I think he can. Let's just say 80 yards. Let's just say 80. Irv Smith continues to be a factor. I mean, all he did today was catch touchdowns. I was going to say that earlier. Two catches for like 10 yards, but two touchdowns. Nice to see Irv Smith becoming more and more of a red zone threat. I love it. Absolutely love 
what's happening there. It's, it's awesome. It's sad for Kyle Rudolph because that could be all she wrote. But there's no way he's going to get paid that full uh, salary like he did last, you know, the last uh, several years. He's not going to get that salary again next year. It is what it is. There's just no way. There's no way. So it is what it is. <laughs> Vikings versus Chicago. I am predicting a loss. I, I just I'll be I'll be surprised if Cook is loose in this game. He'll probably get sixty to seventy yards, but I just don't see him breaking loose in this game for the for the big plays. If he does, though, the Vikings will win for sure. If if Cook is able to be a serious factor, I'll be very disappointed if the Vikings don't win the game. I'm going to pick a Chicago win, though. 24-21. to 21, Very, 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 very close game. Hopefully the Vikings special teams doesn't let us down again. Maybe a low snap or something and a missed kick. Missed key field goal in a Windy City type of situation, if you know what I mean. Yeah, all of that. All those conditions that don't add up in a positive way. <laughs> that type of thing where you're relying on the running game, and that's one of their specialties defensively in Chicago. It just is. But the pass rush is also a big threat if you're going to rely on Kirk Cousins. It's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. The reason why the Bears would lose is mostly because their offense stinks, and the Vikings' defense continues to get better and better and better, which it has done the past few weeks. That's another major reason the Vikings would win. It wouldn't just be because of the offense, but because the the Vikings' uh, secondary continues to be more and more of a factor again. Uh, glad he continues to get better and better because uh, he's looking like a first-round pick. And it feels really good saying that. With that said, I'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction. Sorry for going so long, but, man, there was a lot to say. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three. Time for some fan interaction. I don't expect it to be as busy as last week. I apologize for being virtually invisible this week. Just had something else going on, but uh, obviously, here's the show. Here's the show. Hopefully, it's uh, still a good enough show for everyone out there. I, I hope so. I'm always hoping that I'm giving you something you, you enjoy and it's not just junk. You know, I don't want this show to be junk. I apologize. I'm already rambling right now. Retweeting the most recent episode, can't thank you enough, at purplemafiashow.com, or at purplemafiashow on Twitter is what I'm trying to say. Gerald String retweets it, Lee Albertson out of Iowa, Gerald String out of Nebraska, Vince Germano out of Australia, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand, Malcolm McSween out of California. Thank you guys so much for the retweets. Can't thank you enough for that. Apologize for my uh, cranky attitude (laughs) out there in case Vince Germano's listening. Yeah, he knows why. So <laughs> let's leave that alone. Most of you might get an idea, but uh, let's keep going. Mad Martin out of uh, Northern Scotland says, trade deadline trade deadline day will tell us everything we need to know about what direction the Vikings are taking. I hope for trades, but expect none. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. That's why you didn't hear me talk about the trade deadline at all, because no trade happened. No trade happened. A lot of people were kind of joking around about how it's, it's the biggest day of the year, you know, the biggest day and like whatever. It's it's NFL trade deadline day, but it was something else that day also. It was something else that day. <laughs> uh, Mad Martin out of uh, New Zealand. Did I just call him New Zealand? Northern Scotland says, I'm going 35-28 Vikings over the Detroit Lions. Ended up being 34-20. Uh, to 20. Not bad. Not bad at the end of the day. Not bad at all. He says, uh, 2010, solid first half against a crap team. Seriously, don't care if we win or lose. Going to blow our draft position. That's what I'm afraid of as well. And, well, that's exactly what's been happening, unfortunately. 
That's exactly, yeah. Yep, and uh, Matt Martin, Dave Martin, who has had a fantastic call in last week, says, well, that's our draft position up in smoke. Guess we better get behind victories for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I guess. You know, I just hope the Vikings can pull off some type of uh, intelligent trade for the right quarterback, kind of like Kansas City did. I mean, it's possible. It's possible. Don't be like the Bears trading for Mitchell Trubisky, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's just, I don't know, whatever, right? Whatever. Tanae Brown, New Zealand, says 11-5. and five. Let's get it. Mad Martin says 11-5. and five. If that happens, we're going to win. Or, I mean, we're going to win the Super Bowl. And he loved it. And he says probably end up 7-9. and nine. Yeah, that's not that sound more realistic, unfortunately, and exactly what Tanae is saying. Yeah, 7-9 seven, seven is definitely a lot more realistic. Stuck in mediocrity for a couple of years, I think, unfortunately. I, I think so, too. But maybe not. We have some top-end star talent. That's the thing. At, at least they'll be fun to watch, I guess. But, well, what gives me hope is guys like Jeff Gladney developing as quickly as they have it. It's a, it's a darn exciting thing, actually. And uh, Ezra Cleveland didn't take long either. Just like one game, and he's already a very respectable offensive lineman in the NFL. At the moment, anyway. Mad Martin continues, says, I hate to say it, but that's looking like the most likely outcome now. Let's hope Cook can stay healthy and go on a monster season. That would be a lot of fun. That's the end of Twitter. Like I said, a little quieter, but still very, very worthwhile conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Dave Martin, Mad Martin, and Tene Brown. Thank you guys so much for that. Always, always appreciate that. Let's uh, get to the Facebook page. If humanly possible, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Before I start that, I'm going to get to a text, which is another way to do things. Like, say, if you have my number and all that. A guy like, a Brown, a guy like Brent can do this for sure, which is great. Brent Jacobson out of the Lakeville area. Of course, very, very well-known member of the Purple Mafia family here on the, face, on the Facebook and Twitter and all that. First met him on Twitter many, many years ago, talking Timberwolves basketball, Timberwolves explosion. And... No, I, I don't think I, I don't see myself really quitting that show, but might be kind of on the back burner for a while, that type of thing. I don't know why I keep saying that kind of stuff. It's just who knows. I, I get frustrated with things. I Brent Jacobson says this would be so typical Vikings. Now that the offense is is going good, the defense looks like it may be coming together. They'll go on a run and finish eight and eight, barely miss the playoffs, and then try to fill holes for oh to win now for next year. When they need to build a succession plan at quarterback. Yeah, doesn't that sound about right? Doesn't that sound about right? Yep, he ain't done, folks. Yep, he, the 2029 uh, 2029ers should be a case study that the mediocre quarterback dominating running game and solid D system is good for a short time only and will fizzle and fizzle dramatically. I like Kirk as a person. Yeah, me too, as a person. But as a quarterback, he's mediocre. And aside from occasional up years, at best, he'll be good enough for middle-of-the-pack records. Uh-huh. It seems to be that Zimmer and Kubiak are trying to duplicate the 90s Cowboys, and that won't bring Gilabardi to Minnesota. It won't. Uh, it won't. And, of course, Kirk Cousins doesn't have the pocket presence that Emmett Smith had. Did I just call him Emmett Smith? Does not have the pocket presence that uh, Troy Aikman had and also doesn't have the pass protection that Troy Aikman had. I mean, you just couldn't sack Troy Aikman. I used to just scream at the TV, sack him, get to him, come on. I wanted to see Troy Aikman go down so bad. It drove me absolutely nuts how you could, how nobody could ever get to the freaking guy. Because, well, obviously he got rid of the ball very quickly. His accuracy was outstanding, obviously. But, again, the offensive line in, in Dallas, just, oh boy. 
have you ever heard of Nate Newton? Anybody out there? Anyone ever heard of Nate Newton? It's a pretty familiar name, right? Yeah, well, that's just one out of the, the five, you know, guys they had. And it was a damn good line. And uh, courtesy of the Herschel Walker trade, that helped make that happen. It helped. It helped. It's just great. Just great. Isn't that great that we were able to help the Cowboys become a, a dynasty for a couple of years? Luckily, it ended, but they got three freaking Super Bowls out of it. And I enjoyed zero of them. Zero. I hate the Cowboys. I still hate them. And I'm sure a lot of Viking fans' dislike for Dallas goes way back to 75 or even before that. 1975, ladies and gentlemen. 1975. Ever heard of that one? You hear about it before? <laughs> Gerald Spring, Nebraska, commenting on the most recent uh, uh, episode post on the Facebook page. Again, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Cooking the Packers. Isn't that quaint? Yeah, all kinds of funny things you could come up with there. Gerald String says, Dang, was gone all weekend, so couldn't watch games, etc. Wow, this honestly made my season with all our injuries and young, inexperienced players. I never saw this coming. Me neither. <laughs> now I can't wait to watch uh, to watch in Game Pass. Typically, when you see when when you see this, you think, Gee, Green Bay must have really sucked. But from whatever little bits and pieces I can put together, it sounded like a truly amazing performance by a young, inexperienced team. Of course, the best running back in the league, leading the way. Can't wait to listen to the podcast this week, Skull, and I hope you enjoyed it, Gerald. I, I, I appreciate your saying that, and it was a very, very complete effort by the Vikings in this one, and again, well orchestrated by uh, Kubiak and Co. Well orchestrated game plan. Like, don't put too much pressure on Cousins or you're going to lose. You might get some great numbers and have a big moment or two, but generally speaking, he's not going to win. Now, the comment that I should have stuck with, and I, I screwed it up. Uh, I was going to kind of respond to what uh, Mad Martin was saying on on uh, Twitter, was how, you know, it's mediocre quarter. Actually, Brent Jacobson, pardon me, is, yeah, I mean, that is Kirk Cousins' repertoire. That is Kirk Cousins' memoir. That, that's just how he's always been in the NFL. Uh, that signature Kirk Cousins, 7-9, That's what he's been pretty much his entire career for the Washington uh, football team. Okay, yeah, the Washington Redskins, which is what they were then. We can call them that for that time. They were the Washington Redskins. Then the Washington, whatever, the Golden Gophers, they are right now until they become the Red Tails or the uh, Washington Nationals football, Washington football Nationals, or the Washington uh, football Senators or the Washington football 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 team. Wouldn't that be cool if they call them the Washington football football team? Just like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, Orange County, Angels of uh, Heaven. Yeah. Okay, let's just keep moving. That's about how, yeah, that's about how interesting it gets sometimes. <laughs> Jenny Brown, New Zealand, says, looking forward to listening. Missed the game, but looks like it would have been great to watch. And Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, guys. Both of you, today and Gerald. Oh, well, at least you got to see it later. Uh, bits and pieces. It was, uh, yeah, that was fun. It was fun. And again, you're getting this. The last few weeks, though, we'd been talking about it, how the secondary just keeps getting better and better and better. And remember how good Green Bay's secondary got when they took a bunch of cornerbacks to counter Randy Moss? Remember how big of a pain in the ass it got to be playing against that, that secondary? Remember? Yeah, it, it was, you know, hey, and that could be the Vikings secondary in the next couple of years. And Good on you, Zim. That's, that's where Zimmer looks good. Guys like, you know, not Holton Hill. Guys like Jeff Gladney, uh, Cam Dantzler, 
Hold and heal for a minute or two. <laughs> oh, Alexander. God bless him. Mackenzie Alexander. But, I mean, yeah, see, that's another one who was really good. It took a little bit. But I think Gladney's the real deal. And, and I can't find anybody that doesn't like him right now. I was saying, oh, there will either be no show tomorrow or it will be delayed until Monday. We'll see what happens. I was saying that on Saturday. I was kind of losing it in a lot of ways. And plus, I knew I was going to have to be a little bit busy as well. But thank God for certain technologies and such keeping me up with the game 100%. And I was able to see everything I needed to see and hear everything I needed to hear, all the above. And uh, here I am recording the show as if uh, there was no problem. But of course, again, let's just say my spirits were very down when I wrote that. I mean, very, very down. Not feeling good about a lot of things. Okay, Mike Dale. <laughs> Life goes on, though, doesn't it? In-game thread, this and that. Mike Dale, New York. Yep, he's a real listener. and I, oh, he's, he's awesome, isn't he? The New York area there, he says, well, the defense seems to be holding the, the fort down relatively well, even though it's probably because we aren't playing a very good team. The Lions are, well, not very good, so I can't tell if the defense is actually improving. Delvin is in good form and is picking up where he left off last week. We might drop further down the quarterback drafting sweepstakes. Yeah, if this keeps up, we may stay ahead enough to keep the threat of Delvin getting the ball off a handoff or check down screen. Remains to be seen in the second half. Skull and yep, it was entertaining stuff. Mark Carlson does high wins here today. Yep, here too. Here too, boy. Can I give you? A, yeah, can I? Can I tell you about that one? I was outside a significant amount of time today as well. Today, very, uh, very windy. Watching at home from the shop slash garage while smoking some homemade bacon. Well done, young man. <laughs> Skull. Well done. I, I, I like that. He got multiple replies to that one. Let's check that out. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. That's what Mark. That, that's what Malcolm was saying. Yum. Send pics later. And Brett McCarthy was saying, very well here, oh, very windy here also. That would be in South Dakota. Yep, Mark Carlson and Malcolm will do. And there they are. Two blocked punts. Yep, Brett McCarthy's like, what is going on? And there's those big old slabs of bacon there on the smoker. Well done, Mark Carlson. And I am a big bacon fan. Not going to deny that. I am a massive, massive fan of bacon, Mark. So thank you for that. Oh, little noise here. little noise, sorry. Mark Carlson, Iowa says... There is a serious fire on the ground at U.S. Bank Stadium this afternoon. Yeah? Oh, I'm thinking about fire because of like dry weather and wind. <laughs> this was fire weather today, right? And, yeah, I was being a little naughty, burning some leaves on occasion just to be, uh, just to have fun, you know. But I didn't let it uh, get big at all. Mike, Mike Dale says, Eric Wilson again with the big play. Trade Anthony Barr for draft picks. Yeah, you you know it. You know how I feel that way about Anthony Barr, right? Anthony Barr, get him the hell out of here. It, I wish we could have traded him before. We might end up having to cut him and getting get nothing back. That's the crappy part. It might end up being going that direction, but hey, cap space. Cap space is, is a good thing, I guess. Mark Carlson says, and there is a takeaway by the Vikings G. Nice tribute to Sid Hartman just now, very respectfully, yes. Yep, isn't that cool? Sid Hartman now three weeks gone. After being around our entire lives, every single person listening, Sid Hartman, was around your entire life. Everybody listening. Unless you're 101 years old, he's been around your entire life. Isn't that a son of a gun? Mike Dale says, Eric Kendricks, inside linebacking poor, pay him to play. Mark Carlson says, hope you had a good halftime walk today. Joey Wyden, this game is crazy. I would say I did, yes. A, a very good and uh, productive halftime walk. 
very nice feeling. Uh, the breeze is awesome. And, yeah, it was fun. And I love the momentum the Vikings had going into the half. That was cool. More play action like that, please. Yep, he says that uh, Mark Carlson, Brent McCarthy, wrapping up this section with a couple comments saying, I know we are only playing the Lions, but I like the way the ball is being distributed. Cook is cooking again. Good morning and skull. He said way at the beginning of the whole thing, so it kind of went backwards for a minute there. Oh, yeah, that's because I posted it very early. And good morning at the time as well. I apologize for not responding. I should have. Post-game threads. But, uh, yeah, I was not as responsive today, and I deeply apologize. Good, I didn't lose anybody this week. So, good. Uh, I didn't lose anybody this week. That's a good thing, because it seemed like week in, week out, I'd lose, like, a couple of people from the Facebook page. And it's like, what the hell's going on? Is it the team, or is it me, or both? Ah, okay. Mark Carlson says... Are they the same team? I guess when you when you get your run first game, I mean when your when your run first game gets going, you won't have to depend on Kirk to beat up the win to beam up the win. Yeah, yep, I see what you mean there. But it wasn't all fantastic offenses. The Vikings D was playing at a level that is equal to their to their name. Yep, AP that would be. Yep, he did not get loose. Yep, he was not loose. Adrian Peterson was not loose, and if it wasn't for blocked punts. I would not really have too much to bang my fist on the table about Skull Verbal Mafia fans worldwide. Yep. It was fun. It was. Yep. Tanae Brown says Skull Mark. And Mark says Skull Brother to Tanae Brown. Isn't that cool? These are guys talking, like you said, worldwide. You got Iowa and New Zealand, and you got me up here in Golden Valley, Minnesota. Beautiful. Beautiful afternoon today. Just beautiful. Beautiful day for football. Beautiful day for being outside as well. Mike Dale says cons, meaning like as in the, the not-so-good things. Special teams, more specifically the punting team. Horrendous. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, um, cold quit was fine, but the the protection on the punts, yeah, was pretty pathetic. Yep. The special teams was really bad, though. It was just a bad day for special teams everywhere. everywhere. Uh, the, the return game as well. Pros, Delvin Cook, the two inside linebackers, uh, Eric Hendricks, uh, Eric Wilson, Harrison Smith, the entire defense in general, bailed out the punting team. Almost a throwback to, to the last several seasons where the defense carried the entire team. Remember that? Made the big plays when needed. However, we played a bad, hopeless team, so I don't know if we can take much stock from this performance. We're obviously not getting Lawrence, Lawrence or Fields in the upcoming draft. We're just not bad enough. I was watching Ian Book yesterday for Notre Dame against number one Clemson. He played very well and not only drove the team in a last gas minute drive to tie the game, but also drove them twice to score in both OTs to ultimately win the game. Impressive. Uh, he strikes me as someone in the mold of an ultra-athletic, elusive poise, six-foot Russell Wilson-type quarterback who doesn't urinate himself when the, when the chips are on the line. Kirk Cousins, right? Yes, people will say that he's short for a quarterback at six feet. However, they never stopped Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, or even Doug Flutie at 5'8". And yeah, look at Drew Brees tonight. Ooh-wee. I mean, it's not like Tampa Bay's defense sucks that bad. 38 freaking points. They haven't scored a single point in the whole third quarter. Neither, I mean, Tampa nor New Orleans. That's kind of crappy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is kind of crappy. Yeah, there have been a lot of good shorter quarterbacks, and obviously Russell Wilson's just a headache to bring down because you just don't bring him down. That's the problem. Uh, but yeah, but 5'8 from being superstars or at least wildly successful. wonder what shot the Vikings would have now at landing him. Any thoughts on that as a possible draft target? 
from what you described, I'm, I mean, I, I would at least be very, very intrigued. I mean, keep him coming. You know, keep keep watching him, keep at it, and hopefully, uh, hopefully Spielman and co. have him on the radar. I mean, I, why not? I say why not? And of course, the, was it the Brigham Young quarterback as well as an interesting one. He's not Steve Young, because nobody's Steve Young. Everybody's their own individual, but uh, there's a couple of multiple quarterbacks out there that could be very interesting. But that, that is an interesting possibility. I haven't gotten majorly into college football lately, but uh, Ian Book, that's a guy you'll want to <clears throat> bookmark as we head into here further and further into college season and closer into the draft. I need to I need to watch some film on that guy right, right away, I think, after the show even. Uh, some digital film, we'll call it. Yeah, digital film. Yeah, but uh, thank you for that, Mike. That is uh, that is awesome and star candidate. You you betcha. <laughs> Massive star candidate. Tanae Brown, Delvin Cook is a cheat code out there. My word, another great game for him. The O-line has been playing pretty good regionally, too. Defense was making plays a fun game, that one. I know a lot of people want us to lose, but I can't stand cheering for a loss. I'll take wins like this every day of the week. Thanks. It's, it is more fun to watch. It's just, you know, I mean, you want the high draft pick. You want to get the best quarterback possible. Russell Wilson was not the top pick in the draft. Patrick Mahomes was not the top pick in the draft. I mean, that's the thing. Just get the right guy. If it's the first round, the second round, whatever. Delvin Cook was not a first round pick. Delvin Cook was not even a first round pick. Isn't that the craziest thing? Adrian Peterson went seventh overall. Cook, we traded up in the second round to get Delvin Cook. I still remember thinking, wait, 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 wait. We did what? And I remember Delvin Cook being projected to go in the early to mid first round, but there was some concern as a character or whatever at the time, or was it injuries uh, type of situation going on with him. And that's like, there he is. I'm like, oh my, we, we traded up to get Delvin Cook. And that's when I was all like, Latavius Murray, oh, you know, we just, we just signed him, but Latavius Murray, I mean, that's just further fact as valuable as he is. He is a savvy son of a gun. He made some smart plays against the uh, for the Saints recently. But, I don't know. If you can get a franchise player, ah, man, you feel so good. Okay, Tanae Brown, or Mike Dale is responding to Tanae Brown, says, yes, can't forget the offensive line. It seems since Ezra Cleveland has been injected at right guard, they have been much steadier. Absolutely. I see the same thing, Mike. It's uh, it's, it's been really... Not bad at all. There's always a gaff or two here and there, but every offensive line is going to have a bad moment uh, at some point, you know. But uh, he's, yeah, good draft pick. And he's not even playing at the, at the tackle position, which was originally, uh, which is where he's originally supposed to be. And uh, when you got a guy like Riley Reef who's playing for his NFL life, so to speak, not in a bad way. He obviously is a legitimate offensive lineman. That's why he got the contract in the first place. But when he got his contract restructured, dropped down to $5 million a year or for just one more year remaining, he's playing for the next contract. He wants to be back. I was saying, FYI, the show should be on tonight after all, and I got three loves out of it. I got multiple loves. Thank you guys for the love, Mark, Tanae, and Mike. There he is. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Jesse Ball says, Vikings looking alive. Good to see. Yes, they are looking alive. Isn't that cool? Yep. It, it is cool to see because... When the offense is this good, and he and and the secondary is developing to a point of they actually look like pretty good, you don't feel as bad. Like the the wins aren't as quote unquote meaningless as like say a battered, beat up, past their prime team like in twenty ten. It was a battered, beat up team of players 
when he won in Washington, and Adrian Peterson had an ACL at the same time. That was just ridiculous. And then some of those wins, and that, those meaningless wins in 2013, uh, when, you know, there was a lot of junk on that team, too, like the Cedric Griffins of the world, and, and uh, Jared Allen was on his way out, and you could read his lips saying, this is the worst defense I've ever been a part of. Yeah, that was a different situation. There are legitimate pieces that are on this roster that are young and improving. That's encouraging. So it's like kind of rebuilding on the fly, so to speak. Brett McCarthy says, even though it was the Lions, feels like the last two weeks this team is starting to gel, like the O-line, like the O-line up to Cousins. You know, the O-line is uh, that uh, Cousins isn't running for his life and starting to spread the ball around more. A good game. Yeah, it was. Brent Jacobson, yep, okay, yep, he, he did post it. The typical Vikings, yep, that was a really good one. And I really like what he said. He's a star candidate for sure on that one. Really well said, uh, Brent, about how we're trying to be the 90s Cowboys and all that. Mark Carlson says, Bacon still smoking away as I watched the other CBS game being played on. And uh, Big D, looking forward to the podcast. And shout out to William Kelvin Kunji to join the Mafia. Yep, I've seen him before. But, uh, yeah, not very often, unfortunately. Hope to hear from him soon. Yep, he, he liked it, at least. <laughs> Did William. Hope to hear you some more and more. So, looks like that's it for Fan Interaction. Thank you, guys. That was really cool. Really, really, really cool. Who's the Gold Star going to today? Well, the Gold Star is going to Mike Dale again. Yep, he is knocking on the door of uh, Gold Star of the Year here already. He is uh, he's a strong candidate for it for 2020. 2020 has been a rotten year, hasn't it, in so many ways. Oh, my. You could go on forever in how many ways. Some of you might like the uh, last couple of days of 2020. The last couple of days of this, uh, or the last couple of days so far, uh, or the start of November anyway. Uh, that's just I'll just leave that where I stand. Some of you might like it, and <laughs> some of you might not. We'll see what happens. This is a dramatic, dramatic world with dramatic, dramatic things going on, and who knows? It is what it is. Uh, what an awesome, awesome thank you guys. I mean, what an awesome group of guys you guys are. I mean, anytime I keep thinking like, man, I'm tired and this and that. I'm working too much. And then it's like, I think about you guys and it feels so nice. You know, it's it just, and, and then there are your comments again. And it's just like, oh man, even on a day when I wasn't active at all in the, in the social media, and I'd been shutting down and getting frustrated and been busy as well. Thank you, guys. I mean, this is just awesome. Mike Dale's going to get the gold star again. Silver star for this episode? Boy. <laughs> oh, my. Well, Brett Jacobson, great thoughts. He's going to get a silver. He's going to share it with... He's going to share it with Mark Carlson. Posting the bacon and the cool conversation. Uh, Tanae Brown... He's going to get a silver-plated bronze star. He should almost get a silver, too, man. But, I mean, I can't... I, I don't know. He, he should. Just, I mean, I just love the conversation, you guys. Danae Brown, silver-plated star there. Uh, awesome. Brett McCarthy's just the blood of this show. Brett McCarthy, Mad Martin, you guys are like the blood of this show in so many ways. Thank you guys so much. God bless all of you. Thank you for being a part of this show. Thank you for putting up with my rants on occasion on Facebook. Some of you might not like what you see on my regular Facebook page. I, I apologize. I, I, I can't help myself sometimes. I'm similar to somebody. I'll just leave that alone where you post things on social media. Maybe you shouldn't sometimes. Not trying to be rude or mean. You, you just get frustrated with things and you start saying things maybe, I don't know, 
it's not offensive, I hope, but just, just I don't know. You, you get frustrated with the world, frustrated with how things go sometimes, but at the end of the day, I guess, uh, you know, the sun comes up tomorrow, and we'll see what happens, and man, it's going to be very interesting, and the Viking season started off so poorly, and it's, they're turning into something a little better now. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to keep up with. You beat the Bears, you get to 4-5. and five. <laughs> Still just 4-5. and five. Isn't that the craziest thing? But who knows? Maybe there is a little momentum, and maybe it's a confidence booster in the next season. <laughs> and hopefully this team can rid themselves of Kirk Cousins' contract one way or another, somehow, some way. Maybe he could join the San Francisco 49ers, and we can start somewhere anew. Maybe it will be that Ian Cook. Maybe it will be. Uh, well, it's going to be very interesting to see how that turns out. I mean, super interesting. I'm going to go back to that one again. Make sure I'm talking about the right person here. Uh, I had it up and I lost it. Isn't that just great of me? And I hope, again, I hope I'm not offending anybody getting into my conversations and my political rants and this and that. I'm not trying to. Oh, come on, where is he? Where is that one right here? Didn't he comment? Uh, okay, upcoming draft. Yeah, Ian, book. Not book, not cook, book. So just go one uh, letter of the alphabet earlier. Book. Book it. We can bookmark Ian. We can bookmark Ian Book to hopefully be a possibility for the Vikings in the future. Bookmark him on, on YouTube, guys. YouTube or whatever uh, type of options you have out there. YouTube's the number one way to go pretty much when you're scouting players these days. Unless you're lucky enough to be a real scout and be in real in person and stuff. But, yeah, you probably get stopped at the door if you don't have, like, 16 masks on and an oxygen tank and an astronaut uniform. But eh, it's just where we're headed, I guess. I guess. I, I guess that's where we're headed. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know. I just guess that's where we're headed these days, for, at least for the time being. With that said, you get the point. And fun game. Hope you all had a good time. Please uh, write a positive rating on iTunes if you can stand me, or Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. If if you can stand me, I apologize again. Please don't be. Please don't beat me up too much. I apologize. I'm not a bad person. I just have my own views on things. That's all. I'm not a bad person. Okay. So please give me a chance. God bless all of you. Take care, and we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, the Vikings continue this momentum because I guess at this point, why the hell not? <laughs>